Good evening. Welcome to our election, Profit Makers. My name is Count Predictitula. Welcome to my castle of horrors. This is the last episode we will record before All Hallows' Eve. And so we have prepared a thrilling... A thrilling roller coaster ride of terror for you, our dear listeners. <laughs> Joining me in Frankenstein's lab is his little assistant, Igor. Igor, are you on, on the line from way down south in Transylvania? Yes. Uh, hi. Is, How? Know, are you, no, you have to be like, yes, master. Uh, Igor, good good evening, Igor. How are you today? Tonight, I'm, I mean. I, I'm it. good. I'm good, master. Have you prepared my favorite breakfast? A virgin's blood with a brain dripping juice into it? Ho, 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 ho. Have you Are prepared you? it or not? Yes, yes, I have. Okay. I mean, yes, I have. Ah, character work. It's a lot harder than you would think, John. Well, but anyway. I didn't know we were going in that direction. Sorry. Um, Are you dressing up as anything for Halloween? Uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm going to go around with, a, I'm going to, um, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to have a big picture of Mars with a sign on it that says, if you lived here, you'd be home by never. <laughs> that's, Is that that's a good costume? Good. People will get that, right? You know, from a comedy standpoint, that's actually pretty funny. Mm. I've been learning about comedy. I watched this uh, YouTube video last night with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, oh, Louis C.K., and Chris Rock, and Ricky Gervais, and they were discussing comedy and going real deep on comedy why did you watch that uh delightful video i don't know i i don't know you know youtube you go in a hole and then all of a sudden it's recommending things to you you they have to have a lot of empathy in comedy according mm. to ricky gervais but oh is that but, what ricky gervais said nine years he, ago you have to have a lot of empathy he did but 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 <laughs> jerry seinfeld disagreed well, Jerry Seinfeld's comedy is like sociopathic by nature. Mm, okay. You know that Beckett's dad and I had a whole theory about the different types of comedy and we were going to write a book about comedy and we spent like a year doing comedy research every month where we would a do a deep dive on a stand-up comedian's body of work and analyze it according to our all-encompassing, all suffocating framework of stand-up comedy. Why didn't you do that? Oh, he decided to write a book about Oklahoma City instead. Nailed it. Yeah, I've got a I've got a joke for you guys. Beckett's dad. That's it. That's the tweet. How are you <laughs> supposed to say that phrase? That's it. That's the tweet. If you were to say it, would you be like, that's it. That's the tweet. Or would you be like, that's it. That's the tweet. I don't think it's no, like that. I don't think it's a sense one. of discovery. No. All right. That's it. That's the tweet. Yeah, that's it. That's the tweet. Like what else needs to be said? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start the episode of Election Profit Horrors. Yeah, it's it's not good out there. Maybe we don't want to get into too many details, but it's blood in the streets on predicted for Democrats all over the place. Uh, but, you know, we kind of knew all this was going to happen, right? The 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 final weeks of any election, uh, there's just a lot of consternation and hand-wringing and 
bad analysis and people freaking out. And, you know, we'll find out what's going to happen. We just got to keep doing what we're doing. For us, that means recording world-class podcasts, making hilarious jokes that delight all within earshot. And as of this past weekend, canvassing together like the buddies we are. Right, John? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about canvassing later. In the meantime, turning to predictit.org. Yes. Oh, boy. I'm oh, things really have taken a turn. Yeah. Ooh, I'm way underwater. Yeah. Wowie things, zowie. Things flipped in, in Pennsylvania. Oz is, uh, you know, he went from 46 cents to 58 cents now. Beasley dropped from 18 cents to 12. Uh, it, I mean, it's it's ugly everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, even in Georgia. Uh, it Warnock is still ahead, uh, the the GOP winning there, but you know it's it's like fifty two to forty eight right now. Our mutual friend who lives in Pennsylvania or has been living in Pennsylvania recently said the a number of Oz ads is just truly breathtaking. They're getting pummeled nonstop. Yeah, he was telling me all these scandalous facts about John Fetterman that I had never heard. All these horrible things, and I said. I said, wow, it sounds like the average uh, TV uh, – wait, how did I say it? Because I said it in a really cool way. I think I said, wow, <laughs> sounds like there's a slight difference between what Pennsylvania voters are seeing on their TV commercials and what I'm seeing on my Twitter thread. Is that a good thing? That's good, yeah. right? I can't tell. I can't tell. I think it's your, twi- your Twitter timeline. A Twitter timeline. Oh, right. Yeah, I probably said that. Yeah. God damn it all the hell. Yeah, well, it's the same here in North Carolina. If you are on YouTube like I am watching comedy stuff, it's just nonstop, you know, super PAC ads just laying into Beasley. And uh, I've not seen any negative ads against Bud. I mean, there's probably been some on television, but there's nothing online. Are you changing any of your positions on Predicted based on all this blood? No, no. I'm ride or die at this point. Yeah, Um, me too. Yeah. I mean, I'm just watching, I'm watching analysis on early voting. You know, everybody's got a theory. I don't know if any of it makes sense. Uh, NBC came out with a new poll showing that election interest is is at an all-time high for a midterm. So uh, 70% of registered voters expressing high interest. And in 2018, that was the the previous high, that was 65%. So it's even higher than in 2018. They say that Republicans have regained the enthusiasm edge. 78% of Republicans have high interest versus 69% of Democrats. Mm. So, and Biden's approval is steady at 45% unchanged from September. And uh, if you look back at past midterms, that's consistent with where Obama was. He was at 45%. Trump was at 46%. And they both suffered losses in the midterms. Their parties did. So if that happens, it certainly won't be a surprise. It won't be fun, but it also won't be a devastating twist of rue from the twisted mind of M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. I mean, I think we're back to, I think we went through this period in the summer uh, with, you know, the Dobbs decision thinking that well, maybe there's a chance that we can do more than limit our losses, that we can actually win in the Senate and, and maybe even crazily in the House. I think people are, are thinking that that's less likely. I think the Senate is still a possibility. 
obviously. But I think we're back sort of to where we were before the Dobbs decision when it was all about limiting losses. And in a typical uh, midterm, the president's party usually loses the popular vote by like six points, something like that. So if, if it's anything less than that for Democrats, then I think we can consider that some sort of victory. Thank you for sharing your chamber of horrors with us, Igor. What fiendish plans do you have for tonight's activities? Will you make a soup out of crushed eyeballs and, and bones that have been ground to dust by the predicted markets? No. Will you watch more cutting-edge comedy analysis from the likes of Louis C.K., Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, and the immortal Ricky Gervais, the coolest guy with the nicest laugh ever heard? Yes. Why don't they put Ricky Gervais's laugh on a sleep machine? Yeah. Because it's so soothing and nice. Yeah. And I'm speaking as someone <laughs> who has a, I'm speaking as someone who has a horrible laugh. Like I understand my laugh is no good. And if I could have a better laugh, I would I would have it. But boy, Ricky Gervais's laugh is like Well, it's unique. Ugh. Haunted Hayride. It's like what you see at the end of the haunted hayride. You're really pushing this Halloween stuff. I mean, I have to. This is our last episode that we're, I mean, I guess next week we'll record on Halloween, but this is the last episode that will be available to our our listeners before Halloween. And so we have to push the Halloween stuff. You know, it's like um Okay. We have to talk about ghosts and goblins and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, things that go bump in the night, as they say, you know? Mm-hmm. We have to talk about bats and spider webs. You got no pumpkin yet? I have to say, there's one thing about, why does everyone stop sweeping up their house and doing caretaking when it comes to Halloween? I swear, when I walk around in October, there's so many spider webs everywhere. That's a good joke. Yeah. That That's good. a good joke. Okay. Good. Yeah. I see you smiling. Yeah, I guess uh, the supply chain issues have led to a national broom shortage because <laughs> I sure am seeing a lot of spider webs in the neighborhood and in the houses they're in. <laughs> and then I say, yeah, let that sit in. Let, no, fuck. Uh, this is what I say. I say, yeah, let that sink in. Is that what you're supposed to, you know, when someone's, you're like, wait, you'll get it. Like, just take a minute. You'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. You know, I was feeling optimistic about the Democrats' chances in this midterms until I realized that rising prices and supply chain issues really have had an impact. I mean, I didn't think it would affect brooms, but walking around my neighborhood this week, I sure did see a lot of new spider and cobwebs on porches. What he said. Thank you. Perfect assist. Okay. The perfect assist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, uh, I guess TVs, I guess thanks to inflation, TVs have gotten so expensive that people are now watching flickering light shows on their pumpkins instead of on their television sets. This. All right. I, okay. I think we should move on. John and I took a trip to the Queen City of Charlotte this past week to go to a political fundraiser. John, why don't you tell some of this story? <laughs> well, we we drove down to Charlotte to see Rachel Hunt, who is running for the state Senate in the North Carolina legislature. And uh, David was dressed... I mean, I, this is Charlotte we're heading to, right? This is like your favorite city. Yeah. 
Charlotte. It's it's conservative, conservative city. Everyone you know dresses a certain way. The fundraiser was at a country club, and um, so I wore jeans, knowing that that might have been pushing things. But then I wore a sweater and a button down, and just you know tried to look the part. David was wearing a knit cap and seven different hoodies. He looked like <laughs> Fetterman. Come and, on now. I was just wearing one hoodie. Okay. One one hoodie. Um, so we looked sort of like a Motley crew when we showed up. Why did we go to see Rachel Hunt? Well, obviously, state legislatures are important sites of political power, especially in North Carolina, which is currently being controlled by Republicans, and they're all a bunch of fucking maniacs. So we want to support any Democrat who's running. Right. But the real reason that we decided to go to this fundraiser was so that we could have an audience with with Rachel Hunt, because I heard a story recently that was so amazing, I wanted to ask her about it on microphone. We brought our little Zoom recorder to, so that we would have an exclusive interview with Rachel Hunt. The story I heard was that back when Rachel Hunt's dad, Jim Hunt, was governor of North Carolina, and Jim Hunt served, he served twice as governor of North Carolina. He served for four terms, but they were not consecutive. Right. He's kind of a legendary governor in North Carolina and was like a big political presence when John and I were growing up in Chapel Hill. The education governor. The education governor. The story I heard was that years ago when Jim Hunt was the governor and Rachel, his daughter, was in high school, a local punk rocker got a call. (laughs) Someone said, I'm calling from the governor's mansion. The governor's daughter would like to learn about punk and new wave music. Would you please come to the governor's mansion and play punk rock and new wave records for his daughter so that she can understand this culture? This is a story that I heard. And this guy did this. He did. Some kid who's probably in high school as the story was told to me, gathered up all his seven inches, you know, <laughs> probably like had corrosion of conformity. If, it was, if he was like into, if he was into like North Carolina punk rock, right? Like yeah. took him to the governor's mansion and just sat and had an audience with the governor's. This is like something out of like um, the crown or something, right? Like yeah. his majesty requests an audience with you and his daughter to I mean, if the about. governor calls, that is a weird thing to call. But I mean, if somebody from the governor's mansion calls you 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 come right i guess so even if you're a hardcore punk rocker though you can't turn down the governor okay i guess that's true you can't turn down the governor so anyway john and i paid hundreds of dollars to go to this meet and greet at this country club hundreds of dollars many hours driving lots of traffic lots of traffic we hit we hit charlotte right at rush hour but at least john got to show off his skyline to me so we go in there we're immediately looked at like a couple of freaks. Well, speak for yourself. Just because I'm wearing a big flannel shirt. Yeah. We are vetted by one of her close friends who kind of sizes us up, sizes us up, sizes us, sizes, Jesus, sizes, sizes us, us up. Sizes yeah. us up? That can't be how you say she that. She sized us up. Sizes us up. That can't be English. That can't be right. She yeah, sizes a- us up. Yeah, but just say she sized us up. All right. She sized be- us up. It, it, I mean, the other one's right, but it's harder to say. It's, it truly sounds maniacal, right? Say yeah, it. She, say it. She sizes you, us. She sizes yeah, us. Yeah, ga- See, yeah. she sizes us up. Yeah, that's wow. Hard. English language, get it together. She gave us a once over and gave us a little a little pre interview to make sure we weren't there for any hijinks. 
brought her husband over, who was yeah, he sized us up as well. Then we got in an argument with this. <laughs> we got into a political argument. Yeah, you did. David did. Somebody came over. Someone came over and imme- immediately, you know, started checking us out, saying, "What's in the bag? What do you have in the bag?" And David's like, "I have this." tape recorder. We're going to have an interview uh, with a candidate later on. And he said, so what's her deal? Is she like for Biden? Is she for the, um, is, is she, is she for the student loan forgiveness and stuff like that? Uh, this guy is apparently friends with the candidate's husband, but he w- didn't know what her positions were. So he's asking us and I'm quiet and David immediately engages him and says, yeah, yeah, she's for all that. She's, uh, you know, she's a Democrat. And this guy was like, oh, yeah, I, 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 I play tennis with her husband. I guess I don't really know. So what do you guys think? What do you, are you guys into the student debt forgiveness? You think that's a good idea? And uh, little did he know he had walked into the into the lion's den. The one issue that he got fixated on. Yeah. It was like one of the few things we can actually talk about. Yeah. And I didn't say anything. I was just like, these things never go well. It's going to be bad. I said, it's, you know, it's funny you should ask because we know someone who was like one of the architects of Biden's student debt cancellation policy. Oh, this guy was so against it. Why should all these rich liberal arts kids get their student loans forgiven when I, when me and my wife couldn't afford to go to college back in the day? Yeah. First of all, bro, it looks like you're doing all right. You're literally hanging out at the country club that you belong to. Like this was a pretty nice country club, right? Yeah. There There were Ferraris and Bentleys in the parking lot. Yeah. Okay. I said, well, you know, many, many people who are having their student loans canceled never actually graduated with a degree because they could not afford to finish their education. His eyes went wide on that. We schooled him on that. Mm -hmm. Then he turned to something else about how unfair it is and how how, why should his taxes go up because we're forgiving the student loans. I said, bro, your taxes are not going to go up. In my mind, I'm like, I wish they would triple your taxes, you rich fucking <laughs> no, son of a like, bitch. They're going to write that Piece off. Of shit, tennis and, player. and you know another thing? Another thing? This is when I was like, okay, here we go. You said, another thing? We're coming for medical debt next. <laughs> I forgot I said that. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, what kind of country charges for these things? Right. Okay. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, okay. I agree. Yeah. That's what, yeah. I convinced yeah. him. Yeah, I did. No, he turned to John point- and said, why aren't you saying anything? Why don't you yeah. say anything? We should also mention this guy was intoxicated. He said, "Yeah, I don't usually go to these things. I'm here for the free drinks because there was an open bar. Now, right. John and I were very responsible and we just had fancy water. We didn't consume mm-hmm. any alcohol until we went out to dinner later, that is, <laughs> at one of Charlotte's most charlotte restaurants of all time. Okay, we'll get to that later, We'll get to but- that. Long story short, this guy is saying... This guy was talking his big game, and then we shut him down with nothing but pure facts. And then what happened? He turned tail and he ran away. He said, okay, yeah. I got to go. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. He's now. like, I like you guys. I like you guys. He said, I love you guys. Oh, is that what he said? He had, a, yeah. he had, had that many drinks. He was at the okay. I love you guys. When you're, he, he was drunk enough where he was having an argument. He wasn't so drunk that he shoved us or got really mad. He was drunk enough, though, that he said, I love you guys. You guys are great. I love you guys. Which means yeah. he wasn't taking anything we said seriously. Right. Anyway, let's get to the true horror of the night. We finally, the fundraiser ends and Rachel Hunt, who's true to her word, as stated an hour earlier, agreed to meet with us in a private room. I set up the Zoom recorder so that we could ask her this question. Is it true, Mrs. Hunt, 
that years ago when you were in high school, the governor's aides called a punk rocker and had him come and play records for you in the governor's mansion. She had no recollection of this. None. She hadn't. She said it could have happened, but she had no recollection. I was not surprised. I had a feeling that she might not remember it. Because if you live in the governor's mansion... You probably have people like three times a day coming in. I want to learn about abstract expressionism. I want to learn about ink and pottery. Yeah. You can probably have any expert in the world come in. But then we went deeper. We were like, okay, well, she doesn't remember that. But she remembers... John was like, have you ever heard of Corrosion of Conformity? She said no. Legendary Raleigh band at its peak when she was the governor's daughter. That, that makes no sense. Yeah. I couldn't believe that was true. John's like, have you heard of DaBaby, the biggest rapper <laughs> to ever come out of Charlotte? She's like, no. Then we asked about Super Chunk, and she said Super Chunk sounded familiar. Yeah, but I but think that was she was- only... Anti-scene I... she had never heard of. Another legendary no. North Carolina band. No. Yeah. But you know what? That's not disqualifying. No, I would still vote for her if I lived in Mecklenburg County. Absolutely. I think she'll be a good state senator. Yeah. It was just a little disappointing that we drove all that way and um, she didn't remember the story. But at least we knew we had some amazing audio of a funny conversation. Right. (laughs) And here's where the true horror story begins, my friends. We're driving away from the country club and I say, let me check the audio. Go into the little Zoom digital recorder interface and sure enough i failed to record the conversation the only thing i recorded was me saying okay hold on i'm about to start the recording (laughs) oh god waves of crushing despair yeah uh so it didn't record many hours hundreds of dollars no recording so many hours driving for nothing. But you know what? We still had a good time because then we went out to eat at this incredible restaurant called Stir where they, they pride themselves on their artisanal ice. They brag about artisanal ice on their cocktail napkins. Then I had my second fail of the night where I said, John, watch this. I know. I bet I know what kind of ice machine they use. Because when we did our episode about how to make ice cubes, we learned all about the Kleinbell ice machine, which is like an American manufactured ice maker that makes 300 pound blocks of ice that yeah you were like she's gonna love me she's gonna love me i said watch this i'm about to blow this server's mind i said um do you guys use a kleinbell ice machine she was like i don't know let me go talk talk to the manager and then she walked away i said john watch this they're about to comp us our drinks or i bet the manager's (laughs) gonna come over and be like what kind of super genius are you to know the manufacturer of our fancy ice machine the (laughs) I mean, David thought the manager was going to come over and give us our meal or at least drinks. I was like, well, I know we're not paying for these martinis. These are about to be on the house from one ice maniac to another, from one artisan to another. We didn't pay for them very hard. (laughs) Server comes back over and is like, yeah, it's a Klein Bell and walks away. Oh, my God. Charlotte was kicking my ass. Up and yeah, down well, and sideways. As Charlotte just kicked my ass all night long. I'm never going back to Charlotte. Yeah, that meal was okay. Those drinks were all right. She was a nice server. Yeah, but man, oh man. You know, we were in there with all these finance bros. I was just fumbling it left and right. And then the whole way home, driving back to the Triangle, John's like, look how dark it is. Does this look like a world-class area? Look how dark it is. There's no lights. Look how dark this is. He's complaining. It's like, yeah, it's nice. I can't yeah. see anything. You're not supposed to see anything. It's a nighttime. It's what your headlights are for. No, no. You need lights. When I'm governor, there will be lights all up and down the freeway. There'll be lights in the woods. There will not be a shadow anywhere in North Carolina. <laughs> anyway, those are just some of the adventures we've had. Yeah, that was fun. The the, You know, it's too bad that the audio 
didn't make it. And yeah, then she told us that she got interviewed by Pod Save America earlier that day. I'm praying they forgot to turn their tape recorder on. I'm praying yeah. they forgot to turn their tape recorder on. I don't think they did. I, I mean, I, I think they did turn it on because she retweeted them and, and said- Fuck life. I know. Can't believe she didn't know corrosion of conformity. Simplysafe.com. I got to hear these jackasses talk about Simply Safe all, all damn day. What is Simply Safe? It's one of their main sponsors. It's like a safe that that you put your house in or something. I don't know. Or it's like a spy doorbell. I don't know. It's just like one of those things. It's, you know. All right. Simply yeah. safe. Or maybe it like checks to make sure your employees aren't killers or something. Simply safe. I can't tell because I've never used the promo code. All right. Billboards are coming down next week. They're only up through the, I think, through the 31st of October. Yeah, they're still up. People are still sending pictures. J.D. Vance, you have no chance. You know why. All right. Here, here are the Ohio billboard locations for what three words. You type in these three words, and that will give you the location of the Ohio billboards. They are blackmail, communicate, navigation. The next one is nervy, touchy, spectators, volume, gladiators, views, circus, scorch, researchers, metro, unable, engineering, recognition, twisting, issue, and the final billboard is located at disturbance, deodorant, hamper. Do you guys want to hear a scary story? I'm going to tell you guys this story as a cautionary tale, even though it doesn't make me look good. Last week, I was the I was the total victim of an email scam. I got totally scammed over email. Me. Yeah, you. Me, the smart this guy. This isn't the first time you got scammed. It, I think it is the first time I got scammed. No, you got scammed on, on that, that porn thing where they were saying that they caught you masturbating and then they wanted No, money. that wasn't – I didn't get scammed by that. I didn't send them any money. Oh, I just okay. thought it was funny and forwarded it to you. You know, Have oh. you ever gotten that email where it says, we see what you've been doing. You've been looking at some very intriguing websites. Tee Send us cryptocurrency or we're going to send the video <laughs> oh, footage. I thought we you see. were like, do you no. think this is real? Okay. No, right. of course right. not. Okay. No, this was the first time I actually got scammed. You know? Okay. And I'm thinking about what I can learn from this. So- my website, my many websites are all hosted by this company called DreamHost. So I got this email from DreamHost and it said, your website, artisanalpencilsharpening.com, the payment is overdue because the bank information is outdated and you need to click this link and update your bank information mm-hmm. because it's past due or else your website's going to disappear. I was like, I can't have artisanalpencilsharpening.com disappear. Um, I'll, I'll lose tens of dollars a year if that happens without looking. Here's here's the first mistake. And, and the God, this is so incredible. I can't believe this. What was the email address? Well, that's the thing, John. I didn't look at the actual email address. I was just blinded by the actual DreamHost logo. It looked like an actual email from DreamHost. I think they're getting better at this, you know? Yeah, but was it at dreamhost.ru or dreamhost.com? Contact at myconographia.com. Yeah. 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 That's DreamHost. But the language is like everything about they, dude. They they, really got me. It really looked. Really need to domain name. You need to know. People need to know about domain names. Yes, I understand. And also not to click on links. It has the actual DreamHost website 
at the bottom of the email. Yeah. And it and it has their obnoxious they Dreamhost has this obnoxious obnoxiously cheery language they always use like it says happy domaining from the Dreamhost domain renewal robot. That's authentic Dreamhost sounding. Anyway, I click on this link. I can't believe I did. I click on this link. I go to a website it takes me to what looks exactly like a Dreamhost page. Everything about it looks exactly like a Dreamhost page. Right. I Could don't you see check the, the URL? URL. No, I didn't because I was. Here's the thing: these scammers don't. They don't. You don't fall for this stuff when you're at your best mentally, right? Like, I got a million things I'm stressed about right now. I was in the middle of something else. It says, and also the thing, you know, the other red flag is like, you need to do this right now, or your website's going to disappear. I was in a headspace where it was like, oh shit, I do, because there's a million things I have to do right now, or something is going to disappear. So I'm just ignoring all the red flags. I enter all. I enter all my my. This is my business. This is my business account. My my Chase business checking card. I enter all the information. Then it says, okay, we're going to send you a co- an SMS code. So then I think like, okay, well, this is serious. I mean, this is legit because SMS code, if they're going to text me a number, it's got to be my real bank. It takes like 20 minutes. I finally get the SMS code. As, t- as soon as I enter it, it says, oh, this code's invalid. So re- request another code. I, re- I request another code. It doesn't show up all night. Every step of the way, things were a little bit off. And every step of the way, because I had already committed in my mind to believing it was legitimate, I wrote off those things. Like, well, maybe Chase is so busy, they're getting a lot of SMS code requests, and that's why I'm not getting a code again. You know what I mean? Like, it's incredible. It was was like a psychological experiment, you know? No, I I don't know what you mean. Next day, I get a text from Chase saying, "Um, someone is... is, I get a text from Chase. They say, okay, hi, it's us, your bank. Um, a company called I Am Facture Internet e Robot mm-hmm. is, re- is requesting a payment of $27.44 or some random weird, like $48.36. Um, is this you? Are you authorizing this payment? I type back, yes, I authorize it because I thought, <laughs> because I thought... <laughs> Why? Because the delusion was still so strong, I was like, "Well, Dreamhost is probably using a third party to process this payment for some reason, having to do with money and companies. I don't know. Did what I? What was the name I of I the kn- company? What was the name of the third party that was working with Dreamhost? Dreamhost had contracted with I Am Facture Internet E Robot." Uh, okay. Now, to my credit, I did Google that phrase and had zero hits. So I thought, oh, it must be a new company that Dreamhost is using. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason that they're not like Dreamhost always charges like nineteen ninety nine or three ninety nine. This right. was like forty eight sixty three. It was like the most right. random amount, and I was like, oh, it's probably because of um, service charge st- exchange rate in the yeah. in the country of Al Rabat or something. Mm-hmm. So I go to my dream. Now I actually log into DreamHost, actual DreamHost, and I'm looking at my invoices, and I don't see anything for that amount. And and again, I've I've already like spinning a story to avoid cognitive dissonance, where I'm like, well, this strange amount must be like an off the books expense. I don't know, like some secret <laughs> espionage thing. Like, I went all the way, John. I went all the way. I've been so just dis- to like distracted and anxious like they got me they truly got me and once it finally dawned on me and chase was telling you chase was telling me the whole time they yeah, were trying chase, to help me when your bank comes in and's like uh are you sure 
Right. And I, mean, I type back in, yes. Yeah. Nine times oh. out of 10, something is off. I I had made, this is why people believe the election is stolen and you can never convince them otherwise. Because once you've made that, once you've followed that branch in the decision tree, the price of cognitive dissonance is too high. I eventually had to call Chase and say, listen, guys, I know you're going to be so annoyed with me, but you texted me and asked if I was made that charge. And I said, yes, but actually I think I fell for an email scam. Chase is like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You fucking idiot. Really? Now we're going to do all this shit. They said, well, first of all, now the charge is pending, so we can't do anything until it goes through and then you can dispute it. But in the meantime, we'll send you a new card. Because you burned this card because now it's like open season. Sure enough, two other charges have gone through. One of which Chase texted me about and said, do you want this? And I said, no, no, no. The second charge, the one for $250 went through this morning because I guess for some reason the card's not turned off yet. And that came from Xtel Mobile Phone uh, TRA Abu Dhabi. Okay. So yeah. now I know it's now I know it's legit. <laughs> That's a division of, of DreamHouse. I can't uh, believe. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I sat my parents down because they're older, you know. Yeah, it was your dad's birthday. It was, yeah. It was My dad turned 91 the same yeah. week this was happening. I said, listen, guys, I know my brother and I have talked to you about this, but if you ever get something suspicious and it doesn't feel right, please call one of us or call the company that it's supposed to be from because this just happened to me. My parents are looking at me like, what the fuck? You idiot. Like, even my dad, my dad is 91 years old. He's turning up his nose at me. He literally said, you've brought shame to this family. Now, he was joking when he said it. Okay. But, I mean, I did feel a little like. He was like, bruh. Yeah, bruh. We're having a family meeting because you got played by I am Facture Internet El Rabat. <laughs> Charge of $71.36.5 that you authorized. Like, what? what's going on here? So, guys, this is my plea to you is we're all under a lot of stress. The election is stressful. Just if if something doesn't feel right, don't make up some convoluted story about how your web host is contracted with some secret company from the from the Middle East to process your payment in strange amounts. Yeah. I mean, even when you get a legit email from your bank and it says something's up check it out at this link. You can just cut and paste that link into a browser just to make sure that it is the same domain name that your bank uses and then open it up there. That's it's just it's really that simple. I really biffed it. Yeah. John, it's time for a Hollywood update. I saw three movies in the movie theater this past week. I saw Women Talking by Sarah Polly. I saw All the Beauty in the Bloodshed by Laura Poitras. And I saw Triangle of Sadness by Ruben Ostland. Well, folks, here's my ranking. Number one, All the Beauty in the Bloodshed. Number two, Triangle of Sadness. Number three, Women Talking. Okay. That's the Hollywood update. John, what's going on in the ACC football update? Oh, the ACC football. Uh, you know, Carolina had a bye this week. Moving but, on. Uh, no. Clemson played Syracuse. That was a big game. You had number five Clemson playing uh, number 14 Syracuse, and Syracuse almost pulled it out, but they didn't. Now it is looking like UNC is 85% likely to win the Coastal Division and go to the ACC Championship where they will play Clemson. They just need to win this coming week against Pittsburgh. 
UNC has a two-game lead on every single team in the Coastal Division right now. Uh, so it's theirs to lose. So what's going to happen this week? Pitt's going to come to town. Carolina's favored. And Pitt's going to win. That's what's going to happen because uh, that's Carolina football, man. So that's my prediction. Listener questions. We got an update from listener Jacqueline. Jacqueline says, hi, John and David. I just wanted to update you on my most recent experience canvassing. This time around, it was much, much more neutral, if not out, if not an outright positive experience. I think a lot of it was due to my maturation as a canvasser. I went into it with a whole different mindset per your suggestion. I realized that I was not there to convince anyone, but to provide information, whether that was the polling place locations, how to vote by mail, or the policy positions and voting record of the candidate I was out canvassing for, Johanna Hayes in Connecticut's 5th Congressional District. It may just be wishful thinking, but I do think that seeing people out canvassing generates energy and excitement around an upcoming election. Plus, I brought a lot of snacks, so I didn't feel hungry or cranky. Thanks for the podcast and for continuing to be an inspiration for canvassers everywhere. Jacqueline, guess what? Guess what Johnny and I did this past Saturday? Oh, we went canvassing together, but we didn't bring snacks. And there was a moment where I was complaining about being a little hungry and we should have brought snacks. Snacks. Yeah, but no water. John is anti-water and thinks that teenagers are drinking too much water. And that's half the problem with society these days. No, teenagers I, no, constantly no, drinking water. It's not, I think teenagers so John can likes to get drink, nice and dried out. They over the can course drink of an plenty of water. It's fine. They, I, I don't know if they need as much water as they have. It's fine. Everyone can drink their water. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just making an observation that it is a lot of water. Well, in spite of the water debates, we did have a good time canvassing with Allison and with her daughter, who was a terrific addition to our team. Yes. I think overall it was a good experience. I will concede that I was dressed like a bit of a maniac when we went to that political fundraiser in Charlotte, but you must concede that you were dressed like a maniac when we went canvassing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I was wearing these big puffy, because uh, I didn't know if it was 70 degrees, I thought it might be too cold. And it was three o'clock in the afternoon. I thought it might be getting sort of cooler. Uh-huh. Uh, so I wore, I didn't want to wear shorts. So I wore some, some puffy, mm-hmm. some puffy sweatpants and you're right. That didn't look good. And then I wore a jacket and then I realized quickly that that jacket was too hot, but I could not take it off because the shirt underneath it was now soaking wet. And that looked there bad. We go. And also I have a black eye because. Well, you have a black dot under your eye. You keep yeah, insisting it's a, a black eye, but. Right. And how'd you get that bruise on your eye? My dog. Okay. So you wore sunglasses so no one could see your bruised eye. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You looked like a post-apocalyptic Secret Service agent. We'll say that. Okay. Oh, and before I met you guys to Canvas, John, I don't know if you know this, I actually went and voted. I've already voted. That's amazing. I voted at Carborough Town Hall. It's so easy. There's no line. I went on Saturday afternoon. Early voting has begun in North Carolina. That's great. I gotta. I got to go. He was all dried out when we were canvassing. I was hydrating with a passion. I have a passion for hydration. So we had very different um, moisture levels in our body as we canvassed. Now, of course, we didn't talk to the people who opened the door about our moisture levels. That's not part of the messaging. No. This is all about get out the vote. Do you know, do you have a plan to vote? If you can vote early, what day will you go? Do you know where to go? Here's Here's a door hanger with pictures of all the candidates, et cetera, et cetera. 
These last couple of weeks of canvassing are really good because you get to see everyone's Halloween decorations. There were some amazing Halloween decorations on the north side of town. N- Northwoods. Then we went into this one subdivision that was built in the 70s or 80s, and John got into a 45-minute 45, 45 long conversation with the homeowner about J.P. Goforth and, and his genius for, at, at housing developments in Chapel Hill and how the how the lots, he always places the house on the lot so that you get the best possible view. Yeah, John spends true. 45 minutes bonding with this guy. And then the guy's like, oh, I already voted you. I, I'm probably wasting you guys' time. Uh-huh. Well, okay. Yeah. Goodbye. Incredible. Yeah. He said it was an original JP Goforth door. I knew that. I could tell. I know. As soon as we walked up, you we were like, oh, this is so JP Goforth, this door. Who is JP Goforth? He was a, a very f- famous developer here in Chapel Hill and in and in North Carolina. Developed landfall down in Wilmington. Uh, we got another one here from Phil. Another letter, John. This one is specifically written to me. I grew up in Marion, North Carolina, about thirty minutes east of Asheville and about ninety minutes east of the Tennessee state line. My dad, who did not attend a four-year college, is a passionate fan of Tennessee football. He pulls for them even on the rare occasion when they play against North Carolina teams. His allegiance did not change when I attended NC State. He apparently believes that since the University of Tennessee, located near the North Carolina border in Knoxville, is closer to his home, it is a more natural recipient of his patronage than teams in Raleigh or Chapel Hill, almost four hours away. He also feels drawn to Tennessee's hill country aesthetic, which he finds similar to Western North Carolina's mountain man vibes. However, it seems crazy to me to pull for a college team located in a different state, especially when there are good options in your home state. What do you think of this logic? Thank you, Phil. So, I think that I agree that it is, well, there are a number of different ways to look at this. Okay. You've got TV markets. They spread over different states. Uh, Knoxville might have more influence. You, it, uh, the Tennessee teams might be on television more. Um, but that said, when it comes to supporting a team that's not a professional team, like, so say you lived in, in Murphy, North Carolina, And that is in the far western corner of North Carolina. And that's right in the Atlanta television market. I could see them supporting the Atlanta Braves or the Falcons and not the Panthers. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, But when it is the college team, the state team, the team that your tax dollars support, I kind of think that you should be supporting them. He's not supporting the University of Tennessee through taxes or anything like that. So looking at it from Marion, Knoxville's 109 miles. Chapel Hill is 167 miles. So it's really not. Yeah, but he went to NC State, not Chapel Hill. Okay. Well, NC State's like, you know, 20 miles further, 187 miles. So whether it's Chapel Hill or UNC, but, you know, Wake Forest, which is ranked in the top 10 right now, is closer than any of those places. So maybe you should be rooting for them or... Clemson is only 83 miles away from there. So maybe you should be rooting for Clemson. We're having a watch party this Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Not Eastern Standard Time. I messed that up the other day. I was getting tricky. And I, I it's a pet peeve of mine. And some people wrote in and said that I, I screwed that up. So it is 
this Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, because we're still in Daylight Savings, we will be watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and you can watch along if you're a patron, and uh, we're going to do it through Discord, right? Yeah, we'll do it through Discord, under the Watch Party channel on our Discord. Yeah. I've never seen it before, so I'm excited. I know it's about mashed potatoes and aliens. It's so good. And I think we're going to watch, there's multiple versions. We're going to watch a four-hour version. We're going to watch the, we're going to watch the shortest version, which I think ironically is the director's cut version, but we'll make an announcement on our Patreon and on the Discord when we figure, when we confirm which version of this movie we're going to watch. It was made by Steven Spielberg, John. Yeah. He made a lot of movies. It's incredible how many movies this guy made. E.T. That's, that's one of, yeah, he made E.T. Saving Private Ryan. Here we go. Let's, you know what? Let's save this magic for, um. Okay. All right. Let's save this magic for the watch party. This Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Discord. You can join the Discord at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Definitely. I can't wait to hear that. Dun, 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 dun. Don't they communicate with, they have like a little jam session oh with God, the aliens? Is that the whole thing? Rocking. It's like a music thing. Yeah. It's like magical music or something. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's ma- math and music. Right up my alley. Yeah, it gets, they start going really fast. Oh, really? They start yeah. shredding? Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are there, do the aliens have a little piano? Yeah, they got, I mean, it's like a piano on the outside of their UFO, I think. Oh, I'm going to be loving this movie. Yeah, it's Loving good. this movie. Yeah, it's really good. That's it for this week's episode of Election Profit Makers. Have a happy Halloween. Keep doing what you're doing for the election. Try not to get too bummed out. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And please rate and review us on all of those various places. Thank you. And don't forget to check your uh, children's candy for um, poison, like the rhetoric of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Was that good? Yeah. That was all right. Hey guys, uh, name's Jimmy, long time listener, first time caller, love the show and uh, what you guys do. Uh, Just clarity on a little history of of the thing. Uh, Seems back in the day it was John Campbell who uh, introduced David Rees to the uh, prediction uh, markets there online to predict it. And uh, maybe I forgot that wrong, maybe I remember that wrong, but it seems like... John would be the original wave rider. So I'm just trying to figure out why uh, (laughs) David's called the original wave rider.